This is live coverage of the 2021 Steelers Minicamp. Live from Heinz Field on your 24-7 home for the Steelers. SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. Tom Opperman, Jacob Brecht, and Kellen Gursky coming to you live for hour two of the Steelers Standard from Heinz Field for day two of Steelers Minicamp 2021. We talked a ton of defense. In fact, we talked exclusively defense <laughs> in the first hour. So switching over to the offensive side of the ball only seems natural for hour two. And I want to start with Matt Canada and one of the comments that he made yesterday. There were several comments that we'll get into, but the one comment that he made that really seemed to catch fire around town yesterday was, we are going to do what Ben wants to do and how Ben wants to do it. Now, hmm. I think that quote's actually kind of being taken the wrong way in a lot of people's minds. Hmm. I think a lot of people are taking that as whatever Ben says goes, I really have no control over this. If he wants to check into this play, he could check into this play. I, I yield to him totally for the entirety of the offense. And I think what Canada really kind of meant there, because what I just described is kind of what a lot of Steelers fans' worst nightmare was, because <laughs> last year we, you know, Ben checked out of a lot of stuff that were infused from Matt Canada's right. influence to that offense. So there's a lot of, you know, trepidation heading into 2021 that he would be buying into this offense. But what I think Canada really meant was this offense is kind of more geared towards a younger quarterback, a more, if you will say, mobile, mobile quarterback. Yeah, sure. So maybe what he meant by we're going to do whatever Ben wants and whatever Ben uh, is comfortable doing was not necessarily, oh, if he doesn't like a play that's called, he's going to check out of it, but I'm going to take some plays out of the repertoire that Ben doesn't seem or doesn't feel that he, you know, is up to snuff to run at his senior age of 39 years old. Yeah, I, I'm really – this may be the most excited I've seen Ben play uh, last year – excluded just because we went the, the year before that without Ben. But in terms of which Ben or what kind of Ben are we going to see, this may be the most excited I've been in a long time, probably since uh, when it was Todd Haley who left the team and then Randy Feetner came in. It's probably the most excited I've been just because seeing Ben work with different people, you never know exactly how it's going to work because Ben has always been Ben. Uh, there's there's been no hiding away from it and and as Bob Labriola said his muscle memory has even by year 18 it was way before that his muscle memory has been locked in for basically his entire career and I'm excited to see exactly how Ben will work with Canada and in terms of the the comments that we just heard from courtesy of Tom it's just I really don't know and and that little air of uncertainty isn't necessarily nerve-wracking it's more so exciting because I don't think Ben is going to be somewhat of a uh, rebellious guy on this on this offense and saying it's still my offense. I don't care who you put as the play caller. I'm the play caller. I don't think he'll be that kind of person. So I'm excited to see exactly how well Ben will fit into this offense. And like I said, I think this is the most excited I've seen Ben play minus last year coming back from a season-ending injury in a while. And I think, you know, the point that, that Tom made there, you know, when talking about what Canada had to say that we're going to do what Ben wants to do and that, and that sort of thing, I, I think it kind of harkens back to the point that we made a couple weeks ago on our show is um, when you look at this offense, the question obviously is how does Big Ben fit into that? You know, how does he, um, you know, go into an offense where, as Tom pointed out, it's kind of 
geared toward a, toward a younger quarterback. It's geared toward more of a, a mobile quarterback, not Lamar Jackson, but someone that can move a little bit. And as we know, you know, Ben isn't that mobile anymore. Um, so, again, right. how are you going to carry out uh, a lot of bootlegs and a lot of things like that, a lot of rollouts? Is that something Ben can do? Those questions were, you know, we, we asked a couple weeks ago. I think this is – I don't want to say it's an answer to that because I don't think it's an answer, but I think it's an understanding if you're Matt Canada that, hey, maybe Ben's a little bit limited to some of the things that I want to do in this offense. And, and again, there, there's nothing wrong with that. That doesn't mean that this season's going to be a disaster or the offense is going to be a disaster or that, you know, Ben is calling the shots and running the show. That's not what that means. It, it just means that Canada understands that, you know, I might have to do some different things in this offense to cater towards Ben because, let's face it, he is limited. I mean, he's getting older. You know, he's coming off of the elbow surgery. I know the elbow's fine, but that's something you always got to think about. And, I mean, he's he's not, as, he's not as mobile as he used to be. He's not as nimble. And they're going to have to cater, I guess, call an audible, I suppose, on this Canada offense. It's still going to be his offense. It's still going to have his influence. Don't get me wrong. They're still going to do – a lot of the things that they want to do, but it's with Ben in mind. They have to keep Ben comfortable. You don't want to see Ben, you know, running bootlegs if he's not comfortable doing that. I think that's, Tom, to your point, that's more what I think Canada was saying. It's exactly. not that, hey, we're going to let Ben call the shots and I'm just going to be, you know, here and, you know, whatever he says goes. I think it's more that, that Canada understands, hey, I can't run the offense the way that I might want to having Ben as the quarterback. And there's nothing wrong with that. Canada also said that terminology has been an adjustment for Ben, and he's doing great. He's adapted easily like we all knew he would. Jacob, you kind of alluded to that when you were talking earlier. Yeah, we all knew that Ben was going to be able to pick up the cerebral part of the offense, no problem. Picking up new terminology, you know, they say you can't teach an old dog new tricks. I'm sure it is a little bit of an adjustment at 39 years old to learn a lot of new terminology for the offense, but at the same time, that can be a double-edged sword where it, it works in your favor as well. Right, because where you're, this you're, guy is the best yeah. option for you in order to learn that new playbook. I completely agree, and that's why I said I'm, I'm very excited to see two in two folds which, like, the, 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 the things I'm excited to see from Ben. Callan, as Callan mentioned, how he's going to fit in to a Matt Canada-led offense and how he is going to adjust to a Matt Canada-led offense. Another thing that Canada hammered home is the importance of tempo changes in an offense. He said that if you keep defenses on their toes with tempo changes, you can really succeed there. And he went on to say that's somewhere that Ben can excel. And we've seen Ben excel at that since 2005, I feel like, 2004. It always seems to be the the cliche thing to say after a game is you know what I think Ben actually does a lot better when he goes no huddle than when he he actually huddles up so I I think if Canada wants to really mainly focus on tempo and change in pace of tempo I think he's got a perfect quarterback and a lot of people are questioning this marriage between Canada's newish style of offense in the NFL and Ben Roethlisberger but if the main tenet of it for this 2021 season is is changing the tempo on the defense and keeping the defense on their toes, I think these two could be a match made in heaven. That's something that Ben has done throughout his career, despite who his offensive coordinator was. Yeah, I mean, Tom, I mean, Kellen, I, I sit here and there are questions galore about this team. and And the biggest question that remains is, how will Ben perform in year 18, right? You, you can talk about just 
coming back from elbow surgery. You can talk about adjusting to a different COVID season. You can talk about adjust to a new offensive coordinator. All these questions that we've addressed so many times so and at such different lengths. But to me, it's it, it all comes back to Ben Roethlisberger because at the end of the day, every NFL team is going to agree with you when you say the NFL quarterback is the most important position in all of sports. And when it comes to Ben adjusting to Matt Canada's offense, I think it's more significant of a conversation than it is how is Ben going to adjust to year two out of the elbow surgery. Because just hearkening back to uh, what Lab said yesterday, it's not the first year that you see the guys improve coming back from a season-ending injury. It's the second year of which they come back. So if, if that is believed to be true, Bob Labriola uh, is basically telling us we can see a much a vastly improved Ben, even though he was fine last year. Yes, the results were what the results were, but – he was really – I mean, he was able to get the, the ball going, and yes, he hit that wall, but still, in, in terms of numbers, he was doing a good job of, of, of efficiently passing the ball. And so if, if we are led to believe that the, the second year is going to be even better than the first year back from surgery, the biggest question about the biggest question mark on the team and Ben Roethlisberger has to be, how will he fit in with a Matt Canada-led offense? This is now, I mean, we talk about consistency across this team. Keith Butler has been with the team for, what, about a decade or so, as a, 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 not, not just at the defensive coordinator position, but on the team as a whole. Randy Feekner was here, and then before that, it was Todd Haley. Before that, it was B.A. Before that, it was Ken Wisenhunt. I mean, I, 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 I don't even remember who the guy was before Ken Wisenhunt, but Ben has played with a Number. I mean, you can't even count on one hand the number of offensive coordinators he's played under, uh, under and alongside with. So, t- to have a different guy in year 18, what could be his final year, to me, is such a question mark. It's such an an air of uncertainty because you just don't know how well he's going to work with Matt Canada and how well. Uh, he's going to just fit into what Matt Canada wants to do. And I think that's the point here that, that we keep trying to make is it's not only how Ben will adjust, it's how Canada will adjust and how that offense will adjust to big Ben, because there is limitations. And that's, I think Jacob, the reason that, that you're saying there's the, um, the, the uncertainty, there's that, that not worry, but there's the questions because of the fact that, you don't know how it's going to work. I mean, as you pointed out, Ben definitely um, was with a lot of offensive coordinators in his time in Pittsburgh. But again, it's his last. It's probably his last year. Again, I don't want to say that for sure. Right. But again, it's the question is how does Canada adjust to Ben in that offense, and how does Ben adjust to that Canada offense? I think it's an interesting dynamic, and I think it, it bounces back to one of the reasons that Ben was here so early and he was here at OTAs and he spent all this time with this offense because of the fact that I think Ben realizes maybe more than anybody like, Hey, I might have to change the way that we play. You know, we really might have to do some things differently than we normally do. I might have to, to fit into this offense. I think that kind of leads back to why he's been here pretty much all off season. Well, Matt Canada made it uh, clear yesterday that, Art Rooney himself 
put some instruction on the offense from what he would like to see out of that offensive side of the ball in the 2021 season. So when we come back on the other side of the break, we'll talk about those comments and what Art Rooney wants to see out of the Steelers offense in 2021. That's on the way next right here on Steelers Standard on SNR. This is live coverage of the 2021 Steelers minicamp live from Heinz Field on your 24-7 home for the Steelers. SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. Rolling along here with the Steelers standard live at Heinz Field for day two of minicamp. We're talking about Matt Canada. We're talking about that Steelers offense. And Matt Canada said that Steelers president Art Rooney II made it clear this offseason that, quote, our charge was to run the ball. So that's from the big boss himself. He wants to see an offense that can run the ball more, and they took a major step in that direction with the draft this year when they took Najee Harris with their first overall pick. Canada also went on to say that it's a lot about matchups in the NFL, and that's why they're so high on Najee Harris, because he can be such a mismatch with his unique skill set in the NFL. But we'll get to Najee's skill set in a little bit. As far as what Art said and just the bones of running the football more uh, that's something that the team I, I think has needed to do for the past couple <laughs> of seasons and it's something that they really haven't been able to find uh since Le'Veon Bell left is that running game I know James Conner had a very successful year the first year yeah. filling in and it wasn't a terrible running game but no. it's gotten worse and worse since he's right. been gone to that the point the where it was it, yeah. the worst in the NFL last season and you know, Mike Tomlin said even before they drafted Najee Harris that he's comfortable with the group that they have right now being better than they were last year. Well, Mike, you can't be worse than you were last year, but they certainly should get an extra boost from Najee Harris. It's just a matter of committing to that running game more this season, focusing on a 50-50 split between pass run and hell, even a 40-60 split in right. favor of the run would be would be great. That's significantly more of a run game than we saw last and, year. And I think when you have an elite defense and the identity of your team is defense, and I know that there's so many stars on the offensive side of the ball, Ben Roethlisberger is a future Hall of Famer. Najee already has an, a very high profile as far as around the league is concerned. And say what you will about him as a player, if he's this level on the field, but he's certainly a superstar off the field in Juju. But it, it's a team that identity is built around the defense. And right. I think that when you have a great running game to counteract that, uh, or to complement, excuse me, not counteract, to complement that great defense. It only helps that defense stay fresher throughout the games, and it, it helps them be able to make big plays for you later in football games. And again, it's controlling the ball is huge in the NFL these days. And you know sometimes the best way to beat a Patrick Mahomes is to just keep him off the field as much as you possibly can. And hopefully, you're not going to do that by passing the ball. You're not going to do that. Even if you're successfully passing the ball through, you're going to go down the field too fast. Right. You're going to have to kick your field exactly. goal, get in the end zone, and hand the ball right back to him. But if you can milk clock with that running game, that's so important for this Pittsburgh Steelers team. And you, again, Jacob, you said you're very excited to see how Ben adapts to this offense this year. You're excited to see how he plays in 2021. I'm excited and oh, yeah. a little nervous to see if they fully commit to that 50-50, even 40-60 in favor of running the ball this year. Yeah, it, but I, I have a feeling, Tom, I mean, you can look at Le'Veon's Bell, Le'Veon Bell's last year on the Steelers when he actually played. So 2018, he was on the team, but he didn't play. 2017, even though Le'Veon Bell was as good as he was in that year, the Steelers went 13-3 and that year. 
even though they had a great running back in Le'Veon Bell, the ratio still wasn't that good. I believe it was probably close to like 70-30, if not a little bit worse or a little bit better, give or take a couple uh, percentage points there. But it wasn't what it should have been. It wasn't anywhere near 60-40 or 50-50 or 55-45. You have Le'Veon Bell in your back in your backfield and you still weren't doing it. Now, it may have, have had a lot to do with the guy who was in charge of making the play calls in Randy Feetner. I've said I, I've been no, I have not been shy about my opinions about the difference between Randy Feetner's offense and Matt Canada's. I think Matt Canada, I think Le'Veon Bell would have loved to play under Matt Canada. I think Matt Canada would have created so many different schemes and, and formations that Le'Veon Bell could have run wild with. And I think that with Najee Harris there, I think the Steelers not just with the not just with the promotion of Matt Canada, but with the addition of Najee Harris, I think that combination is what you can expect is what you can you can expect to be the biggest change in a in a positive in a positive direction for this offense. And I and I really believe, you know, Le'Veon Bell may not have left this team. He may have been happy he may not have been happy with his pay, but he could have been a lot happier with his usage if it was some other guy making the play calls. And I think too, um, you know, when going back to what Art, Art Rooney said about the you know the running game, it needs to be more of a focal point this year. Uh, I think that's what everybody um, who is a fan, who is a, a media person, it, it, you know, with the black and gold, I think everybody said that last year too. The running game needs to become more of a focal point. Um, and I think, as you said, Tom, it's obvious what the Steelers' view um, is, you know, when you bring in a, a number one pick and your number one pick is the first running back taken in the draft, that gives you an indication of what a, an offense, what a team kind of plans to do, right? I mean, that that, that tells you at least a little bit of, of something. Um, and again, you know, you made the great point about, um, you know, how do you, you know, milk the game away? The best way to do it is to run the football. And again, when you look at the, the schedule this year that the Steelers are playing, it's not easy. Um, a running game is something that I think they really will have to rely on. And hopefully, you know, as Jacob, as you were saying with, with the Matt Canada offense, I think Canada realizes that. And I think he knows that, you know, we have a weapon here at running back. We have something. Um, yes, we have a great a great quarterback. We have a great wide receiving core. Um, we have a, a pretty good tight end group, too. But I think the catalyst, the X factor for all of that is the running game because, let's be honest, Steelers didn't utilize a running game last year. And, when and I mean, early on they did, and it looked fine. But, man, down the stretch, the worst thing that you can be in the NFL is predictable, and that's yeah. exactly what the Steelers ended up becoming last year was predictable. I think it was even worse than predictable, Kellen. I think it was just you didn't you didn't even have to predict. You just yeah, I mean, known. everybody and, and, knew what they were going to do. Uh, and with, when you use the word predictable, there's an air of possibility something changes. Something else think, happens. Yeah, yeah, that wasn't even the case last year. It was just a known fact what the Steelers were going to do when they lined up on offense. But now, uh, you know, having oh, yeah. Najee oh, Harris, yeah. I think it completely changes that conversation. It completely changes what you can do offensively. Yeah, you can split everybody out, um, and you can have three, four wide receiver sets, but all of a sudden you hand the ball off to Najee, um, and, you know, he's only got one guy to beat or two guys to beat in the middle of the field. That really changes your running game. So, yeah, again, I, we have been harping on it all year long. It seems like we've been doing it for an eternity, it seems like, but – uh, the running game is going to be uber important this year when, when you're talking about the Steelers. And again, like I said, you don't draft Najee Harris if it isn't going to be anything but that. Right. And I think 
it's going to be a lot easier to commit to running the football when you have a guy like Najee in that backfield. You would hope I, so. I, I think you would hope so. You know, James Conner had a lot of trouble staying healthy. We all know that here in Pittsburgh. And Benny Snell really didn't do much to impress. He had a couple of good games early last season. But, you know, I think as you get into the dog days of the football season, Ben Roethlisberger, who, you know, played with a Hall of Famer and Jerome Bettis at the beginning of his career, uh, played with a great Steelers back in Willie Parker for a few seasons, played with Le'Veon Bell. He he knows what a really good, good running, running back, back looks, looks like, like yeah. in the NFL. And I just get the feeling in the sense that he would look at James Conner, he would look at a Benny Snell, and he would be like, you know, these guys are good if they're my number two guy, if they're a guy coming in for a series every once in a while. But if they're the guys that we're going to have to rely on, I'm going to have to put this offense on my shoulders more, and we're going to have to pass the ball because – I know what it takes to get it done at that position. I've been around the league for so many years that I, I just I can feel these kind of things. I don't feel comfortable handing the ball off to them a majority of the time in a game, whereas now he looks at Najee Harris. And, I mean, you can just see the noticeable difference right. when you look at Najee Harris. Right. I mean, he's – Bob Laviola said his setting. wife even Yeah, it's pick just out. the day he was drafted, he shot immediately to that number one spot and – during OTAs before minicamp, you heard about how Ben and Najee work together constantly. Right. So they're already starting to build that rapport with each other. I think it's going to be a lot easier for Ben Roethlisberger to stay in some running plays with right. number 22 in his backfield right. as opposed to Connor or Snell that he had the previous two seasons. Yeah, and, you know, I, I'm, I'm backtracking here a little bit. When I, when I recalled the, the last season that, Le'Veon Bell played for the Steelers where you still didn't use him enough considering how good he was, but that may have had a lot to do with the guy who was lining up on the sidelines in Antonio Brown, number 84. When you have a guy like Antonio Brown, it's it's hard to shy away from the pass because you can't not give Antonio Brown the ball. Antonio Brown made a case for the MVP that year, and how many times do you see a wide receiver doing that in the NFL? It's It's very rare. But I think what the difference here between Najee Harris now and Le'Veon Bell then is that there is no number one wide receiver. There is no number one target in the pass game that you can say, well, we have to pass the ball here because we got to get this guy involved. There, I mean, as much as you want to compliment Juju for his relationship with Ben, as much as you want to say that Claypool is this great, great target for Ben in terms of exactly what Ben wants and tall, long, and fast – it doesn't matter because none of those guys have really stepped up and, and proven themselves as a number one wide receiver, let alone even A-B caliber of, of physical play. That's that's no longer the case of, of the Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell era. You have to get Le, you have to get sorry you have to get Najee Harris involved because there is no other guy in the field who you have to say to yourself we got to get him the ball too. Najee Harris, I think now is the guy on the field who you have to say we have to get him involved. Well, I there's mean, no and there's no one else on the field at his level where you have to say that same thing. Right, and again, it's a, it's such a big upgrade over what they had last season. And, you know, like like uh, Bob said yesterday, it's not necessarily to, to slight 
what the other guys bring to the table. It's just the fact. I mean, like, like you know, Tom, like you said to Bob yesterday, it doesn't. It's not hard to figure out he's the one. It's not hard to figure out that that's who the offense is gonna kind of have to run through. It, it's it's a no brainer at this point. Um, and again, we talked about it yesterday. Like he's like the sixth leading favorite to be rookie of the year. I mean, that tells you something, and that tells you what a lot of people think the Steelers are going to do with Najee Harris and and how much they're going to use him. Um, and, and you know he's a decent catch uh, receiver out of the backfield too. But again, it gives you such, and it gives I think more importantly, it gives Ben so much more confidence in the guys that he's handing the ball off to. Um, you know we've talked about that a lot. And, and you know is it because uh, that is it because Ben didn't have a lot of confidence in the running backs last year that he checked out of run plays? I'm sure that has something to do with it. But now, even more so, when you take a running back first overall um, for your team, uh, you know, at 24 and he's the first running back taken, uh, you're going to have to use him. And again, w- with what Art Rooney said to Canada about, hey, let's get back to the running game. Let's make it more of a focal point. Again, uh, just having Najee makes, I think it makes that offense so much better. And I don't know if it's going to be a 60-40 or a 50-50 split, but man, it's going to be a hell of a lot closer than it was last year. You, you better hope so. I mean, I, uh, we talk about the definition of insanity over and over on this show, kind of insane, insane of us to do so, I guess, in that nature. But we, we always point out these, these, these habits of this team, and we say to ourselves, you can't fall into these habits. And it's easy to say now in June, you got to get the run game involved. you got to get Najee Harris involved because well, you'd be crazy not to. There were a lot of times last year where we said those things where they just kept doing the same thing over and over and expected the same and expected a different result. This is this has to be the time where they break that habit, where they break a habit. You cannot shy away from the run game any longer. And one thing that goes hand in hand with a solid running game is a very physical offensive line. And Matt Canada talked about how they need to get more physical on that offensive line if they want to be more successful running the football. That was also a big reason why they decided to bring Kendrick Green in because they liked his physical nature of of play and they liked his aggressiveness that he brings to the table. And that's certainly something that is sorely needed on this offensive line as they've been very good at pass blocking over the past couple of seasons. But the run blocking seems to be very passive-aggressive need to be just all the way aggressive when it comes to that to be successful running the football. You can't just run the football every time, though, when you're on offense. You're going to have to pass the ball eventually, and they've got a ton of targets that they can utilize in that passing game. So when we come back, we'll kind of break down that wide receiver room. We'll talk about where you would like to see Juju line up for the majority of next season on that offensive side of the ball and talk about a guy like James Washington what can he bring to the table as a number four, even potentially a number five target for Ben Roethlisberger in that offense? That's all on the way in the next segment on the other side of this break as we wrap up the second hour here of the Steelers Standard right here on SNR. This is live coverage of the 2021 Steelers minicamp live from Heinz Field on your 24-7 home for the Steelers. SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. Tom Offerman, Jacob Recht, and Kellen Gersky wrapping things up here on the Steelers standard before we hand things off to our friends Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes for the Electric Factory. Be on the air from 1 to 3 right here on SNR. But before we hand things over, guys, we talked a lot about the running game in the last segment and how there was a call from Art Rooney, the second himself, to run the ball more 
on this offense in 2021. You can't run the ball 100% of the time, though. You're going to need to pass, especially in the modern day and age in the NFL. It's a pass-heavy league. And even though the quarterback is seasoned, had a pretty devastating elbow injury two years ago, he's still in the top half of quarterbacks in this league as far as I'm concerned for throwing that thing around the field. He's got a plethora of targets that he can utilize as well. Uh, One of the deepest wide receiver cores in the NFL. Not just receiver cores, but people who can catch the ball in general. We Tight ends as well, exactly. And Najee Harris out of the backfield, as we talked in the last segment. We talked in an earlier podcast we did here at Steelers Standard about pro football focus and their rankings and how there wasn't a single wide receiver ranked in their top 30 in the NFL. Uh, Top 32, I believe. And... Although I kind of can see where they're coming from there, I I think the depth of this team and the collective of that wide receiver room and you throw in those tight ends on top of it, it it's a pretty formidable passing attack that the Steelers have. And that's why I don't want to put it completely in the back pocket. But if you have a really solid running game, you can almost open up things in that passing game even more. Right. It's all about balance. And we talk about how different parts of the offense can help the other and we talk about, on a grander scale, how the offense can help the defense. When you get the run game involved, you're out there for a little bit longer. You keep the defense rested on your sidelines. And when they come back out to face the opposing offense, they're a little more rested. They're a little more ready to go. But, yeah, in terms of the passing helping the 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 rushing, I mean, that was why, as as Kellen always points out, that, that offense in 2020 was so predictable down the stretch was because there was no threat of a running game at any point whatsoever. I mean, you can look at the the Cleveland Browns game, the wild card game, when they were on goal to go. There was one yard left, fourth down, and what what's the one thing everyone says? If you can't get one yard in the NFL, you're doing something wrong, right? And that was what the Steelers failed to do, and it was because they just didn't try using the run game at all and they when you're lined up at fourth and one the typical formation for you is to be under center just use all the momentum carrying yourself into the end zone but because the Steelers had shied away so much from the run game this was now 17 games into the season there was no confidence that you have the Steelers could get that one yard and guess what they didn't there was no confidence whatsoever in that run game and that needs to change this year. You need to find that balance because if you don't get the run game involved, just because you're passing the ball so much more doesn't mean it's going to be efficient. The The, the pass game is not going to just be great just because you're passing the ball 70% of the time. And I think that, that point is illustrated by last year and the fact that the the passing attack wasn't what you wanted last year and, and you became so predictable with the short dumps. And, and I think that's something that, um, that Matt Canada realizes, and again, you talked about how the running game makes the passing game better. Well, I mean, you think about what Najee Harris can do if he's ripping off run after run after run, and then all of a sudden uh, Ben puts a fake in his gut, and all of a sudden there's Juju in the middle of the field for 25 yards. It goes for a big gain or whoever it is. I mean, that that's the type of thing that we're talking about here. And again, that's the type of thing that I think this passing attack has at their disposal is the fact that you have – pass catchers across the board um, regardless you know whether you think that bringing back Juju Smith-Schuster was the right move or not um, regardless it definitely makes the wide receiver room better it definitely gives Ben more options it gives Ben more people to throw the ball to um, and again we hope that it doesn't go to that you know more towards almost 70 percent pass that's not what you want 
But at the same time, if you need to rely on it, and of course there's going to be games throughout the 2021 season where you will have to rely on the passing game. That's just the way the NFL works. That's just the way football works. Like you are going to have to use it. And, you know, when you look at, when you look at Ben Roethlisberger and the Steelers offense, man, do they have pass catchers across the board um, and again, it makes for an interesting, really interesting season because of that, you know, hopefully the running game opens up the passing game, but man, the passing game alone on paper, uh, again, it's just on paper. It doesn't, as we sit here in June, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to skyrocket in a handful of months, but again, on, on paper, it looks like an explosive offense just in general. You mentioned Juju. He had some comments in the OTA sessions leading up to this mini camp about how he definitely wants to play on the outside almost exclusively this season. And I do think he is going to play on the outside more than he did last season in this offense. But that's just a product of, I think, in the Canada offense. You're going to see those receivers move all over the field. Right. Yeah. It's I don't even know if there's going to be Randy Fink, predictable. Yeah. He's going to line up in one spot for the whole season. I don't even know if there's going to even be a true outside receiver I guess the one right. guy that I would really peg to be that is Chase Claypool right but he's definitely got he, that mold even early on we saw him a lot in the jet sweep action so that's not that's necessarily what I'm saying the typical typical outside guy and we talked about Canada's comments in the last segment it's all about creating these mismatches against defenses in the NFL keeping defenses on their toes and when you line a guy like Chase Claypool up in the slot you can certainly get a mismatch size wise with a slot cornerback there so I, I think I do think Juju will see some time outside more so than he did in 2020, and I think he will be happy about that. But I don't think it's because they're just going to try to placate him and think that he's truly an outside wide receiver. I just think that in Canada's offense, you don't really have a set position. You're going to be moving all over the place. Deontay in the slot, Deontay on the outside, Washington in both spots. It's going to be a mixed bag that you see, and that just goes right along with Canada's line of thinking of keeping a defense on their toes. Definitely. I... That's what you hope. Again, I, I really I really repeat myself here for the point of emphasis that you can only hope. Uh, we saw so much predictability. We saw so much consistency, but not the right kind of consistency. It was just consistent predictability, consistent complacency with what they have. It was a stagnation of an offense. There was no element to it that had some shocking or some form of surprise or unpredictability element to it everything was able to be planned for and that is really what was the Achilles heel not the lack of the run game not that Ben was coming back off of a season ending injury it was the fact that they couldn't escape from the hole that they dug themselves in terms of doing the same thing over and over and over I really think that with Matt Canada being the guy alongside Ben to make these play calls, you can expect a lot more variance to this offense, and I think that's going to be more so than anything, more so than Ben coming being in year two of of his uh, post-surgery career or the arrival of Najee Harris. I really think Matt Cannon is going to be a huge help to this offense. And, Tom, um, to your point about, about Juju, you really – I, that I, I don't have a problem if Juju is more outside and he plays more outside. I'm I mean, a, yeah, if the Steelers want that, that's great. That's right. fine. It's just not about what he wants. Yeah. Right, that's the point that I was going to make. It's not just to please you in free agency next year. It's not just to make your value go up next year in free agency. And I'll be the first to admit, we're 
us three aren't exactly the nicest to, to Juju Smith-Schuster, <laughs> um, you know, and all the stuff that he did last year, and, and even more so now. It's like, uh, but we recognize how important. Oh, absolutely. He is to the I mean, like I said, regardless of whether you think it was the right move or not, I don't. But at the same time, it makes the receiving core really good. And if he can play outside and he can, you know, as you said, Tom, he can move into the slot and he can um, be versatile in that way. Man, does it make Ben Ben look a lot better? Does it make the offense look a lot better because of the fact that you have all those interchangeable parts? You can move them all around. And again, I don't know if Juju's a an outside wide receiver. I think I don't know. I think the jury still might be a little bit out on that. We know what he did when AB was here, but since right. he hasn't been here in AB, you know, it hasn't exactly been the same production and how could it be you're losing a Hall of Fame wide receiver, a Hall of Fame caliber wide receiver and then, you know, you're the number 1 guy. Of course, your numbers are going to go down. But um I just think it's important that Juju is flexible to move around and again, the Steelers might put him on the outside, but it's not to make Juju happy. It's to uh, it's to do what their offense wants to do. It's to do what 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 they envision their offense to be. And again, I, I think as you said, Tom, I, I think you pointed it out beautifully. Is the fact that you know one game Deontay might play the slot, the next play he's going to line up wide. The same thing with Washington. The same thing with Juju. I think that's what they're going to try to do. They're going to try to create mismatches and move people around as much as possible. But again, I just wanted to throw that point out there. Like if the Steelers do that with Juju. It's not to make him happy. It's because that's what the Steelers want to do. A guy like James Washington, second-round pick, 60th overall by the Pittsburgh Steelers, has kind of found himself lost in the shuffle at times when it comes to this wide receiver room, uh, even passed up by a guy who was picked in a draft later than him, Deontay Johnson, on this depth chart. But, you know, he seems to have a couple games per year that he really makes a big play for you, really, you know, shows the kind of – ceiling he could right. have potential yeah. wise where does he kind of fall into this offense now because i think it's clear that chase juju and deontay are one two three in any order yeah. you want to put them in right and then james washington comes in at the fourth spot but eric ebron is almost a wide receiver with how i would say much of a is, target he is for he ben is. roethlisberger in this and, offense and the, and the lack of pass blocking ability but, yeah. exactly there's no reason to keep him in the block uh, and he is an when he can catch the ball, he's an athletic freak. And sure. he's uh, he is a game breaker. It's just yeah. that problem he has with the drops every once in a while that right. really is his biggest detriment. But James Washington could find himself fifth, e- even a sixth even option. Even sixth with Pat Fryermuth or even Najee seven. Harris. I was Najee Harris. Say. Yeah, sure. So uh, this is a year where James Washington. You feel bad for the guy because he's already kind of been lost in the shuffle up to this point. He he could really find himself at the bottom of the totem pole. But that being said. I still won't be surprised when there's one or two games a year where he has a catch for 50-plus yards or or a really big field-flipping, game-changing type play. And maybe that's just the niche he's going to carve out for in Pittsburgh, and he'll move on eventually to another team and maybe be a third guy there and and see more significant playing time there. I hope so because when he was drafted in 2018, I really was excited for him. I mean, you use a second-round pick on him. Right. It's it's weird because, you know – People talk about, people give Kevin Colbert a lot of credit for finding guys in the third and fourth and fifth round. 
he was taken in the second round. He was essentially as high of a draft pick as Chase Claypool he was. was. Yeah. Now, I, we all know that Chase Claypool was the first pick because of the Minka Fitzpatrick trade, but still, it was the same round, and people are a lot higher on Chase Claypool than they are on James Washington, and that's nothing against Chase Claypool. It's just the fact that he's he's shown a lot more, and I guess Ben is a lot more comfortable throwing him the ball because he's that he's just a little bit bigger and a little bit faster down the sidelines and that's what we know Ben has loved his entire career that kind of target case in point Martavis Bryant broke out his rookie year I think had seven touchdowns in like the last five games or so of that regular season once Martavis broke into the starting lineup but yeah it's I think it's really unfortunate that James has kind of been lost in the fray here just because there are so many other good names or good targets to throw to it's not necessarily he doesn't have the talent it's just the talent around him is just at a great great level it's it's hard when there's only one ball and you're four receivers deep two tight ends deep one elite pass catching running back deep it's hard when you have that many options and you were used as a second round pick it just sometimes works out that way that you you're you find yourself on a very good team well it's quitting time for us here at the Steelers standard thanks so much for listening to us from 11 to this point but we're not done on Steelers nation radio not by a long shot we will be back in the saddle for day three of minicamp from 11 to 1 tomorrow and today's coverage continues next as we hand things over to the electric factory Arthur Motes and Wesley Euler jumping in so keep it right here on your home of the best Steelers coverage Steelers Nation Radio